Welcome to the boss level. My name is Enigma. I am your evil supervillain and your host. I am also a 15-year video game industry veteran. I am a lifelong gamer. I am a game console collector and I'm a part-time streamer. Let me take this time right now before we get into anything to say Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Whether you celebrate or not, I, I really do wish you the very best of Christmases. This is being released on Christmas Day. I am recording it on Christmas Eve, though. So <laughs> if I make a comment of anything uh, today, it's because it's Sunday. It's Sunday the 24th, but tomorrow is Christmas, and I'm going to release this on Christmas. So we will still have a boss level with Enigma to listen to, maybe on the way to family or, or whatever. But uh, I just wanted, really wanted to start out by saying to everyone, Merry Christmas to you. I definitely hope you are uh, doing well. I hope that you have uh, had a, a very great season and that your 2024 will be just as prosperous and wonderful because we are a week away now from January 1st, which just also happens to be my birthday. So that's coming up here and I will have a podcast available then as well. Probably won't talk about my birthday much, but eh, you know, maybe we will. Who knows? So, uh, but but really, I, I really do hope that you're doing well. We are experiencing here in the suburbs of Chicago. It's very uh, cool. It's cool, not cold, and, and muggy, very wet outside. We've had fog. We've had mist. It's rained a little bit. Uh, it's it has not been the typical Chicago weather that we're used to. But then again, uh, guys, anyone who lives in Chicago will tell you the two months you really have to worry about when it comes to weather are January and February. Our January and February is here in the Chicagoland area tend to be very brutal with, uh, you know, the temperatures being cold, you know, very cold or, and, or, uh, a lot of snow. So, uh, we have that to look forward to, but hopefully everything will be fine. I'm sure everything will be great. But uh, the, the, that's what's coming up here uh, in our area. It's, it's the, the weather is going to definitely uh, take a turn for the cold, and hopefully we will. We I'm hoping we don't have a whole lot of snow. That's what I'm really hoping for is, is that we have a, a season where there's just not a lot of snow. So, But wherever you are, whatever you're doing, definitely hope you're taking care of yourself and your loved ones. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you. Uh, if you are alone on this day, please understand and please, uh, I, I hope you don't feel alone. There's people out there who you can talk to. Uh, I'm one of them. If, if, uh, if you need someone to talk to, I will talk to you and I will definitely uh, converse with you and, and, and try to make you feel like you're not alone because you know, you're not alone. Every This time of year can make a lot of people feel like they don't fit in. Uh, you know, quite frankly, we were supposed to go to my parents' house for Christmas, but my dad came down with COVID and uh, so we can't go over there. So, so we're not, my girlfriend and I are going to stay here at the house and uh, open up gifts and probably just relax on Christmas is all we're really planning on doing. That's that's what's uh, happening here, uh, but we can't go over there. But at the same time, it's it's you know you're not alone. It's don't feel bad, don't feel lonely, don't feel depressed. Uh, there, are, this world's a better place with you in it, and uh, you know you can always find people to talk to online. You can find people to talk to probably right there in the town that you live in if you just really really want need someone to. To, to help you, you know, through this season. Uh, a lot of folks I know, uh, I was talking to somebody the other day who she told me that Christmas is the anniversary of the death of her father and it really, it, it really uh, bums her out. And I, I don't blame her. It's, it's, you know, it's a joyous time of year for most people, but you know, not, it's, it's a day like any other. And sometimes bad things happen and it's, it's sad to think about it that way. It really is. But 
I just did what I could to be there for her, let her get it off her chest, and 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 uh, you know that's just how it works. And so if if you're if you're lonely, if you're depressed, if you feel bad at this time of year, please do yourself a favor and find find somebody to talk to. Pick up the phone, go on Twitter, go on you know uh, Facebook, do you know Instagram, whatever your your poison is. Just go find someone to talk to and just say, hey, you know what, I'm feeling kind of down right now. Can I just bend your ear for a minute? And you know if it's me, I'll be more than happy. To, to be there for you. I will, I will do whatever I can to uh, help anyone feel uh, better at this time of year. Because like I said, this world's a great place, but it's uh, better because you're part of it. You're in it. So please, please don't feel like that you are alone and, and, and depressed. So, uh, people will be out there to help you, and, I, and I'm one of them, okay? So let's go ahead and get the good housekeeping out of the way. As I said at the top of the show, I am a part-time streamer. You will find me streaming on Twitch. Uh, at Evil Enigma. That's my channel. It's Evil Enigma. E-V-I-L-E-N-Y-G-M-A. You can find me there. I stream on Friday nights and Sunday mornings. Friday night, it's usually between 9 to 9.30 Chicago time uh, till midnight, 12.30. I stream in a three-hour block usually. Uh, Now, the past couple of weeks, this week was different, but uh, I've been playing Borderlands 3 with my friend Alex nightly. And we tend to go a little longer than that. So if you come on Friday night to watch us play Borderlands, first of all, you're probably going to see me drunk because I drink bourbon on those days. And this past weekend, uh, even though I wasn't streaming with her because she had a prior commitment, I was, uh, I did drink a little too much. Boy, I drink too much. And I uh, didn't remember where I got in Batman. I didn't remember. But um, according to uh, one of my uh, closest followers and friends, she said that I was uh, frustrated that I couldn't get past this park as I was so drunk. So I, uh, uh, I did so inebriated. So I, I, I quit, <laughs> but we still got through it. I've been playing Batman anyway, uh, nine, thir- nine to nine thirty central standard time till midnight. Usually ish, uh, we'll go for as long as it is. If I'm playing borderlands with Alex and probably go a little longer, there's, we just go till we're tired and we need to go to bed. Uh, Sunday mornings, it's usually between nine and noonish. Uh, the, Last Sunday, I've had some problems with. I have a new TV, guys, and uh, my my. It's a Samsung TV, and it's not recognizing my capture card. So I actually had to go onto the PlayStation and kind of stream off of the proprietary software on the PlayStation on Sunday, even though I could stream perfectly fine on Friday. Uh, it didn't work for me on Sunday, so I had to go on and take care of that, which sucked. But it's it's okay. I still had fun. Had a great time. So, but you can find me there playing those games. Uh, I've been uh, when I'm playing with Alex, we're playing Borderlands Three. Uh, right now, I'm doing Batman: Arkham Asylum. I figured I'd play some Batman for the next couple of weeks and see see what we can do with that. I love those games; uh, they're really important. Uh, they're great games. All three are, are well. It's one is excellent, two is excellent, three is okay. As when when you compare it to the others, it's not as good. But I still I still love all three games. Uh, but please feel free to drop by. That's also where you'll find me on Twitter as at Evil Enigma, just like I spelled out E V I L E N Y G M A. That's where I am most active. I try to share funny things. I try to make people smile. The way I look at it is, is that uh, if I can make one person's day a little better by putting something funny up or something like that, then I feel like I've done something positive, and I really want to to do that. So so feel free to contact me on Twitter. You know, at me, talk to me, ask me questions about the podcast or my streams. I have no problem. You know, answering questions or taking suggestions either. If there's something a topic you want to see me cover here on the podcast, please let me know on Twitter. I'll be more than happy to converse with you about it, as long as I uh, have the ability to talk about it. Because there are certain games, uh, like Fortnite, for instance, I have no frame of reference for, so I can't really talk much about it because I've never really played it. Uh, 
And then, of course, uh, I am a content creator for the Kindred Knights. If you go over to kindrednations.com, that's kindrednations.com. Take out the E at the end of kindred. Put in the number three. That's how you find them over there. You'll find their their uh, list of hot sauces and gym supplements and apparel. Uh, go, I love their hot sauces over there. Go check out their hot sauces. Uh, they have a, a wide selection of them. I know that they're planning some new stuff for the new year. I'm really waiting for them to do a taco sauce. But uh, if you go check out their website, if you see anything that you like, please feel free to use my code ENIGMA, E-N-Y-G-M-A, and you will get 10% off your order, okay? Thank you so much for listening to my good housekeeping. I do really appreciate that. Now, uh, today's podcast is going to be something a little, uh, uh, it's not really different. I try to uh, talk about things that uh, I'm familiar with, and I am familiar with with what I'm going to talk about, but it's usually I would talk about a specific game and we will talk about a specific game to a point, but it's more, uh, more or less about a time period, a time period where things were changing in gaming. I'm talking about the mid to late, uh, nineties in gaming. And and what we saw was a big change, a lot of shakeups. There's a lot of shakeups when it came to gaming during that, that time period. We, you know, before that, uh, Nintendo and Sega were really the two big boppers. You know, Atari would come out with something every once in a while, and then we had the Panasonic 3DO and things like that. We did have things that we were uh, that that could we could have gotten, but uh, we, we it was still Nintendo and Sega's world, and everybody else was just kind of living in it. And uh, then along comes Sony, and we all know the story. I've, I've covered the play, the birth of the PlayStation on a on a uh, previous podcast, and you know how. Uh, Nintendo basically created their greatest enemy, <laughs> and Sony got into video games out of spite, and they didn't get into it be- into it because they really wanted to, but because uh, you know Nintendo kind of left them at the altar, made them look stupid. Uh, they decided they were going to keep all the technology that they had used with Nintendo and uh, stomp a bloody mud hole in Nintendo, which is exactly what they did. <laughs> But they had to start with Sega, which they did, and we all know how that went as well. But the, the thing is, is that while the, the industry was changing, and it, it was changing in a couple of different ways, it, you know, Sony was was coming in, and Sony basically kind of took the idea that gaming people who grew up gaming with Mario and and Sonic the Hedgehog were now young adults, and they needed to they needed games to grow, that would grow up with them. So they took a more adult approach, a more teenage young adult approach to uh, having games available for that audience. So you'd see more mature games coming out, your Twisted Metals, your Resident Evils, things like that. Those were on PlayStation. And uh, and Doom, for instance, you know, was another one that was was coming up, and there was a version of that on PlayStation as well. And, of course, there was on Nintendo and, and on the Sega system. Sega, I don't know, actually, that's wrong. It was on the 32X, that's right. But... Uh, Sony was trying to be be that young adult audience, and and Nintendo and Sega, for whatever it's worth, were kind of stuck with trying to placate the kids. They look still looked at it as that they were a child's toy. I've said it many times that Nintendo is a is the Walt Disney of video games. That's the way they look at themselves. Mario is basically Mickey Mouse. He's more recognizable now than Mickey Mouse. Uh, believe it or not, but the, the, that's how Nintendo has always been. They're still that way. They still release a lot of family-friendly stuff. You do see them do adult stuff every once in a while, but for the most part, they are a family-friendly company. If you go and pick up a copy of Mario or you pick up a copy of Zelda or, or whatever, the chances are you're not going to see something really violent or sexual in those games. But 
what was really happening behind the scenes was this migration from the 2D pixelized, pixelized graphics, hand-drawn th stuff to uh, 3D graphics. 3D, you know, the 3D polygonal stuff. And it all, the first game I remember playing that had anything to do with stuff like that was Virtua Fighter. Uh, Virtua Fighter 1 was on the Sega Saturn. I believe there was a version for it on the 32X as well. But the Sega Saturn version was just about arcade perfect, if I remember remember, uh, remember properly. But it, it, took, it was a departure from what we would usually see. If you look at Street Fighter 2, if you look at you know even Mortal Kombat, which used digitized uh, graphics, they were on a 2D plane. There was no jumping forward or you know, there was no coming towards the screen or running away from the screen. It was basically just two characters fighting each other on a simple plane, you know, doing, doing their stuff. And uh, Virtual Fighter was, a, was completely 3D completely 3d all the way around it was woo, all the way around and you would see the characters from the back and the side and and it, it, it was very different it was very uh, very cool it was and it was yeah it was still a little crazy with the high jumps and stuff like that but it was more based in reality as compared to throwing around fireballs and you know having a, a skeleton ninja things you know things like that but it was it was more based in you know, actual martial arts for the most part but it was different and it was popular and then other games capitalized on that as well as they went street fighter did a uh, three, you know they did 3d stuff for a little while and then you you saw tekken the rise of tekken during that time period tekken just basically took what virtua fighter did and improved on everything in every possible way that there that there was in fact tekken being on uh, exclusively on playstation was a big deal it was a huge deal i can remember when it came out uh, a lot of people would come in looking for tekken they really wanted tekken it was it was big big deal but um what we were seeing is is that uh, games that we grew up with that were hand drawn graphics were all moving towards this three D this three D stuff this three D uh, look. They wanted to to use the polygonal graphics. They really wanted to move into this uh, more of a realistic looking 3d style of world and we have to look at it from the sense of the same thing as with a movie how many times have you gone to see a movie and then they do a sequel and the movie sequel is basically just the original telling <laughs> it's another telling of the same movie it's a sequel you know it's different characters or whatnot and but it's still hey it's this guy you know saving the world or this guy doing this or this girl doing that it's it's never really you know they they do the same thing and a lot of, of movie studios don't want to do that and a great example of that is is uh, the Terminator franchises when uh, they asked James Cameron back after Terminator 2 they said we want you to make another Terminator movie we have a, a script and everything and James Cameron says well tell me what the script is about he says well uh, you know, the Skynet sends back a more advanced Terminator to kill John Connor, and, and then a Terminator shows up to protect him. You know, it's Arnold you know, shows up to protect him. And James Cameron says, I already made that movie. It was Terminator 2. So <laughs> game developers are very much in that, that frame of mind, that same frame of mind. They don't want to redo the same thing over and over again. They want to move and do different things. They want to take characters and, and make the games better. Uh, you can't just go ahead and continually do the same thing over and over again and expect it for better results. A great example of that are the, are the Mega Man games. Uh, when Mega Man first hit the scene, you know Mega Man One was popular. Mega Man Two was super popular. Mega Man Three was super popular. 
then you started to get to four, five, and six on the old Nintendo, and it was just basically the same game over and over again. And you started to see chinks in the armor. They weren't selling as well. They weren't ba- they weren't moving into anything new. It was just yeah, you know, kill the robot masters, gain their weapons, find out the weaknesses, and then you go kill Doctor beat Doctor Wily. That's basically what was going on with Mega Man, and and at some point, a lot of these uh, game developers were saying, well, the only way we're going to do anything different is to drastically change the way we make the games. So a lot of the games that we grew up playing were now all basically at one time, one point, trying to go 3D with what they were making. Mega Man did it with Mega Man Legends. We saw Final Fantasy do it. Final Fantasy VII was was a 3D game. We saw it's all these these games were going 3D and honestly they were a lot of them were not as good as, as you know I know there's a lot of Mega Man Legends fans out there and I love Mega Man Legends as well but if you ask me which one which I'd rather play it's always going to be the original Mega Man or Mega Man X versus the the Mega Man uh, 3D versions and they've done other Mega Man 3Ds since then as well you know but to be to be honest with you now when they make a Mega Man game now what is it it's back to the hand-drawn sprites, it's back to, you know, there's some 3D stuff in there too, I'm sure, but it's back to the old formula. They don't do, they don't stray away from that that 2D formula that, that, that they basically made Mega Man famous for. And we see we saw the same thing happen in the 90s with, a, with one of my favorite games, the game I really kind of wanted to talk about here, and that's Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Uh, now, it was released in like 1997 or 1998, and it was a... It, was a stubbornly one 2D game in a th- 3D world, and and to to make my point, I will tell you that around the same time that Castlevania came out on the PlayStation, there was a Castlevania that came out on the Nintendo 64, and it was 3D. It was all 3D, and of course, it wasn't very good because again, they were new at doing it. They were trying to do something different, and it just didn't work. It didn't work. Now, since then. They've taken other attempts at some good, some 3D Castlevanias, and I'm not a big fan of many of them. I thought the Lords of Shadow games was were, were pretty decent, but for the most part, you just didn't see a lot of people getting really excited to see their their favorite game series be completely remade in a way that that it was unrecognizable to them, quite frankly. But Castlevania: Symphony of the Night was a stubbornly two-dimensional game, and it's one of the greatest games ever made. And I dare you, I dare anybody to make a top PlayStation games list without putting Castlevania Symphony of the Night on it. You just can't do it. And it, it, it basically took the formula that Metroid had and said, let's put a lot of RPG elements into it, which is really what it is. It's a, it's Super Metroid with RPG elements to it. Uh, you know, Alucard, the main character of that game, levels up. He gets more powerful as he kills enemies. He gains experience points. And then with more experience points, he levels up. He gets more health. He gets the ability to hold more hearts. Uh, and then you, there's weapons, weapons and armor and, and all these different things that you can find in the, uh, in the game that will make Alucard more powerful and make him do different things you you find special powers and and all that and and just like uh super metroid you'll be walking around the castle and you'll look and see hey wait a minute uh why is there a thing there what what is that thing over there and that thing over there is you can't reach yet because you don't have the right power set for you don't have the right skill and once you get the right skill you'll be able to go back over there and uh 
pick up that item or get over there. And and that's the, how the, the that whole castle, the first castle anyway, is with Castlevania. And it 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 did its best. It stayed stubbornly 2D during this time period when everything was going 3D. You could Sony was very particular about the way they made the PlayStation. It from the way I was told, and and of course I'm not a huge tech person, so. Uh, forgive me if I'm, I'm wrong about this, but I was told that the PlayStation was a video, is a 3D video game console that could do 2D games, and the Sega Saturn was a 2D console that could play 3D games. So the 2D games always looked and played a little better on the Saturn, while the 3D games looked and played a little better on the PlayStation. Was the way I was uh, taught anyway about it, and I, I hate to really sound like I know that to be a fact because I don't but it's it's just the way that when I was you know in working in gaming that was what I the I was led to believe that was the difference between the two consoles and of course the PlayStation ended up stomping a mud hole in the Saturn uh for I did a Sega Saturn episode too and if you want to listen to that uh it's basically what happens if you uh really make every decision you make with the release of your console if you may if you if you have the choice to go left or go right Sega basically, anytime they w- turned right, they should have turned left. And anytime they turned left, they should have turned right. They made exactly the wrong choice in every situation they had early on with that console. And that's why the Saturn died. It, it, it was, yeah, Sony had a lot to do with it too because of how the, the popularity of their system. But Sega did not do themselves any favors with, with the launch of the Sega Saturn. But the thing, getting back to, to the, the Castlevania thing is, is that it was it's a 2D game. When you play it, yeah, it's got some 3D stuff in it. You know, the castle at the beginning, when you're the opening video, it's it's there. You see it in 3D and things like that. But when you're playing it, it, it feels like it's a 2D game. But something that, that they did that was exceedingly brilliant to this day, and uh, I do, if, if, uh, if it's, I know it's on uh, YouTube, and you can probably find it on Spotify, I really uh, urge you to go find the soundtrack to Castlevania Symphony of the Night. It is awesome and it used the sony sound system that in the playstation to its absolute fullest now believe it or not there was a time period where sony was actually much more well known for their music uh hardware their music stuff their their, the walkman of course was what put them on the map but uh if you bought a sony product as far as uh uh, you know, a stereo or a CD player or a boombox or, or headphones or, you know, walking, whatever, it it meant something. Sony had the brand recognition for music more than they did anything. Video game, when they got into video games, it was, people were looking at it like, really? As Sony is, is getting into this? But they're more well known for their stereo systems. And they really, really were at the time. So their, the, the sound hardware in the PlayStation is quite good. And the music in Castlevania Symphony of the Night is absolutely amazing. It's kind of goth, rocky, you know, goth horror. But then you have some rock music in there. There's other ones where it's 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 you know classical. It's it's just a an excellent soundtrack. And and I'm lucky enough to own it on CD, quite frankly. But I'm sure you can find it somewhere out there on YouTube or Spotify or things like that. It's it's, it's just a great soundtrack. And that's something that a Castlevania uh, series has always been well known for it is it's it, they've almost always had great music with few exceptions but the music is almost always excellent and uh, even from, from the old Nintendo the very first Castlevania I, I remember I was in a movie theater one time waiting to watch a movie and I so I was in the uh, the, the lobby of, of this movie theater 
waiting and they were playing, you know, Halloween music over the thing. It was during Halloween. And, you know, so you're here listening to Monster Mash and, and things like that. And all of a sudden, the Castlevania theme kicks in. And I was like, holy crap, that's awesome. So uh, it's it's a big deal. You know, the music for Castlevania is a big deal. But but the thing about Castlevania was is it, it did the RPG stuff really, really well with the levels up, Alucard getting stronger, finding new weapons. And the game is so deep as well. If you have never... Uh, really played it. The thing is about the the deepness of it is, is there's stuff hidden all over that bloody castle. Those those castles. There's two castles, and some of the stuff has got hidden functionality to it. Some of the stuff is random, rare drops. The best sword in the whole game is dropped by one enemy, and it's a random drop uh, in the upside down castle in the library. I think he, he just he it's a little flying around head that just flies around, and I I don't think there's many of them even there. There might only be one in the in the whole library, and you just have to. Go back over and over and over and over and over again and just keep killing him until he drops that sword. And it's like a 1 in 64 chance or something. I don't remember exactly. But you'll you'll find yourself finding new stuff every time you play the game. Unless you know you know where to farm and things like that. But I can remember uh, one time I was playing it. And then the Medusa heads, everyone's favorite, the Medusa heads from Castlevania. I was killing those and one of them dropped a shield that was a Medusa head. And all it was a Medusa head shield. And if you pulled that shield out in front of you, you could just basically run through a lot of enemies, a lot of weaker enemies. It would just disintegrate the enemies as, as they hit that shield. And I always thought that was really, really awesome that you can you would be able to do that. Uh, you know, and then you find all these different uh, uh, familiars. You know, you have the demon, you have uh, the, the, the ghost, you have the fairy, and they all have different things that they do. And some of them can open up more secrets for you, like uh, the... The demon, if there's a switch out of reach, he'll he can fly over there and push the switch. Uh, there's a lot of different, uh, you know, boss enemies. Some of the hidden things in the game where you didn't realize you had to go there, and, or you don't have to do it. You don't have to hit every boss. I don't believe some of them you can not you can skip. But uh, the the game is just really long, uh, really long and deep. And I know people speed run it. You can speed run it and get it done and, and, and all that. And I'm not much of a speedrunner. I have a great respect for the art of the speedrun, but I, I do not uh, do that. I really don't. And I've had people come in my streams before when I'm playing a classic game. They ask me why I'm not doing something this particular way, and it's because I don't want to do it that way. I don't want to get into the, the speedrun. I want to have fun. I want people to watch me play the game the same way I played. They grew up playing the game and, and enjoying it. Um, you know, you can go you know, all over the place and watch people speed run, but watching someone who actually is playing the game, showing you stuff and talking to you about, oh, I remember this part of this where I, it took me so long to do this. So when I play through Castlevania, and I've streamed something the night before, I, I but I, I streamed through it just to play through it and, and, and show people how much fun the game actually is. Because you, you just really don't, uh, the, the thing about the Castlevania is, is that it has a, reputation early games got a, a specific reputation and that is that the difficulty and yes uh castlevania 1 and castlevania 3 especially castlevania 3 are insanely difficult games super castlevania on the super nintendo was a little easier but still difficult once you got to the playstation and then you started playing symphony of the night it's a lot more forgiving of a game to a point and, and I, I say that because I, I've told you there's two castles. 
and and there are and the thing is if you're not if you don't do the right things in the first castle and get the right items and wear the right items when you get to the final boss of the first castle you can actually miss the second half of the game there is an ending where you just ended after the first castle and i did that my first time through and, and uh, of course we have to remember there was the mid to late 90s the internet was was coming around but it was not what it is now and, and there was you couldn't just type in castlevania symphony and i walked through in, into uh you know ask jeeves or alta vista because google was still coming or it wasn't number one yet or yahoo or whatever and then it, it pop up with all these you know walkthrough guides and all that stuff that didn't exist they didn't they really have that yet but I found out through a friend online because I was in you know internet relay chat and I was with, with some folks, and someone said to me, I said I beat it, and they said, "Did wow, did you flip the castle upside down?" And I was like, "What the heck are you talking about?" And and then I found out that there were two special items you had to get, and then go back to the clock or something to that effect. Yeah, go back to the clock and then wear those, and the next thing you know. Uh, you will get you'll get a special item, and that special item you have to wear in the final battle of the, of the first castle. I'm not spoiling who the final the final bosses of the first castle for a reason because the game is you know, almost 30 years old. But uh, at the same time, I don't want to discourage anybody from playing it by spoiling anything. And then if you do what you know needs to be done, you find out that oh gosh. Sorry, Mario, our princess is in another castle. And then you, the, the, there's an inverted castle that comes down, and you go through the same castle again, but upside down with much more powerful enemies. Whole new lineup of bosses and all sorts of new weapons and armor and things you can find. And I, I just really was amazed that they, they did that. And you could really just completely miss the game. You missed the, 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 the second half of the game if you weren't really... Uh, combing over the castle and you find out that once you get to the second castle it's not about as much not being able to get things due to uh, your uh, what power sets you have it's more about being able to survive the onslaught of enemies you know they'll, they they add little things like uh, these little spiked wagon things that come at you if you land on the ground and they hit like a truck and just completely you know, whip you, and if you get hit two or three times, you you know you're gonna die. So it's it's really really challenging. The second half of the castle is very challenging if you if uh, you're not aware of what's gonna happen, of course. But I I just really love that game. I love Symphony of the Night. It's the kind of game that I could play right now and just have a great time playing and, and playing and just enjoying the the experience and playing it all over again. And yeah, I know every what. I don't remember where everything is because, geez, I haven't done that in a long time. But I can go and, and find different... I, every time I play through it, I find something I didn't know was there. You know, there's, there's a random drop from an enemy. that's like, what is that? Oh, oh okay. Or a, you know, I, I've, I've, I've beaten it before where I've gotten, I've uncovered the entire castle. But you'll find that you'll, you'll put certain items on, uh, you know, a ring with a, with a sword. And all of a sudden that sword has a brand new... Uh, uh, functionality you didn't know about or, or just something like that the, the game is just very very deep and you can tell that uh they they put a lot of work and a lot of effort into making the game 
deep enough to where you would want to play through it again and again and again. And they did a great job for it. And, and it is one of the greatest games ever made, as far as I'm concerned. It's my favorite Castlevania game. And we found out after Symphony of the Night and the failures of the uh, 3D Castlevania that they actually went and did more of the 2D games just like Symphony of the Night. You would see a whole bunch of the handheld games in particular. You would see follow the Symphony of the Night formula. You know, Portrait of Ruin, uh, Dawn of Sorrow, all these, you know, Aria of Sorrow, all these games, If you, they are, you can tell they're just Symphony of the Night clones. And to this day, you can actually go and find a, a Metroidvania game and go, holy crap, this is just like Castlevania. And and it really, it really is. You know, Bloodstained, for instance, is, is an Ega game. The guy who did Symphony of the Night, Ega. I met him one time, nice guy, loved Castlevania. Uh, I just, he would, he, I remember when I met him, he had a, he had a whip with him and, uh, he had on a, like a, he had a, like a black leather cowboy hat that he wore everywhere. And he just, just a really, really cool, nice guy, uh, have his autograph somewhere, but he, he loves something that he loves Castlevania and you could just tell he loved Castlevania. And I think he wanted to continue making them, but then of course, uh, Konami moved into this frame this frame of mind where they were like we're not going to make a whole lot of new games anymore we're going to move more into pachinko machines and then doing special uh editions uh, and, and re-releases of our older classic games which is what they mostly do now they don't really do a whole lot that's new but i'm glad that they're that they're still at least bringing out these games that are uh in them, in and of themselves, they it's like a time capsule. It's taking you back to a time period in the you know the eighties and nineties to play these these classic games. You know the the, the Symphony of the Nights and and even the first three Castlevanias and to see how uh, the games have evolved and see how many games that come out now copy that formula that they copy that Metroidvania formula and 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 quite frankly, I think Symphony of the Night copied Super Metroid, but and and just made it deeper and. I just, it's an amazing game. If you've never played Symphony of the Night, I really, really, really suggest you find it. Uh, you can download it on just about any of the consoles right now. They all have it uh, in some form or fashion. And and actually, the, but while, while I'm talking about it, there's actually a version that has never been released outside of Japan that I'm aware of, and it's uh, Symphony of the Night on the Sega Saturn. The Sega Saturn did get a version of Symphony of the Night, and it was known for being able to play through with Maria Renard. And she does a triple jump, which is amazing. But it was, a, it was a version that was not released. I had it on my Saturn for a while, and I traded it to a friend of mine. I think you can buy reproductions now. I hope, and I think, hopefully they're in English. That would be even better. But you, uh, you can actually find uh, that that version was not released outside of Japan. And it, and it wasn't because, number one, the Saturn... To the, the Saturn is such an unappreciated system, and and it's unappreciated because it like we talked about earlier. It's it was they made all the wrong choices for it, but Sega to this day kind of doesn't even admit the Saturn really exists. They don't really do any Saturn collections. They always do Sega Genesis collections. Have you noticed that? And they and they'll, they'll put on 32x and Sega CD games, but they never really go back and do anything with the Saturn. And that's I think that's so bad because the Saturn has some great games on it. Yeah, they marketed it like crap, and they made all the wrong decisions, and it, and, and all that, and they deserve what they got uh, for, with, with all that. But it, geez, it, people should really have the ability to play Dragon Force and to play Burning Rangers and 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 those games that are on there that are really really good. 
and they just haven't. They haven't done anything to really farm that that uh, IP farm they had on the on the on the uh, on the Saturn. And it was during a time period where Sega was peak development. They were actually very good developers of video games at that time. They did not make themselves a whole lot of crap. They made a lot of really fun games, but that's just my opinion. Anyway, so I, I just kind of wanted to touch on that today, talk about Castlevania Symphony Night, one of my favorite games ever. Once again, please play it if you haven't. It's just an amazingly good game, and I guarantee you if you do, you'll it'll come to you immediately. You'll, Holy crap, this plays exactly like, and you're right, because they took that formula from Symphony of the Night and put it into their own game. So it's 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 completely relevant and completely true. You, there are games now. If you go onto uh, Steam and type in Metroidvania, you're going to find all sorts of games that take copied and were inspired by quotation marks inspired by Castlevania Symphony of the Night. So that's what I really want to talk about today. So before I go, let me uh, once again wish you and your family and your loved ones. A very Merry Christmas, uh, you know, and I want to thank everybody for uh, listening and uh, for the folks that I know are out there that I know listen who tell me they listen. Uh, I just my most heartfelt thanks. I really love you guys for uh, for being there for me and and uh, you know, 2023 I had some good things happen. I had some bad things happen, and uh, I always make a New Year's resolution to make the next year better than the last. That's always my thing is I, I want to end 2023 in a better place rather than I started it in is what I usually do my new year's resolution. And, uh, I, I don't know if I've hit that this year. You know, I, I've done some stuff. I've joined, I've joined a, a couple of, uh, teams that have really helped me with, with some growth and that sort of thing, uh, with my streaming and my, and my podcast. And, and I do, I love the friends I've met there. There's uh, there's probably a, a half dozen of them, uh, of people that are just the sweetest and most wonderful people I could ever really ask for. And, uh, I could message them right now and they would be right there for me. And it just, thank you. It means a lot to me, but, uh, I've had some down times too, you know, 2023 I've had, I, I've struggled with some, uh, some problems and it's just, uh, something with that, with mental health and, and something you don't take into consideration, at least someone that's my age, I'm for almost 48 years old. And, uh, you know, when, when you were struggling with mental health at that age, you know, growing up, there was no pill that you could take. There was no, you know, there was therapy, but you didn't, therapy was for crazy people. You didn't go to therapy. You didn't, you're a guy, right? You're a boy. As a boy, you just get over it. That's what you do. Rub some dirt on it. That's, that's what you're supposed to do. And, and I, uh, had a hard time talking to people about it. I, I really did. And it, it hurt me. And, and I, I had some, some struggles this year with, with my mental health. And luckily I, I did, uh, get some help and I did, uh, I do feel much better than I, I did for the last uh, couple of months. And I won't get into the reasons why I know exactly why I struggle with mental health and, uh, what's caused my, my sudden issues. It's something that's, that's happened, but, and I don't want to get into that, but the thing is, is that uh, at this time of year, I really uh, hope that if anyone out there is struggling with mental health or anything like that, that they do go and 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 talk to somebody. You know, uh, get get some help. Talk to go to go talk to your doctor. Best thing that you can do. Have your yearly checkup. I had a yearly checkup here a couple weeks ago. Uh, actually, 
as I record this a couple days ago. <laughs> uh, and I, my doctor asked me, she said, how are you doing? And I just basically had everything out. And I said, this is where I am and this is what's happening. And, and I just, I just don't know what to do. And, and she says, do you want me to give you something for it? And I said, well, my gut tells me no, but you know, maybe I do need something. So don't be afraid to talk. Don't be afraid to go get some help, you know, and it, it will, it can help. It can help. And, and again, at this time of year, it's so easy to feel lonely. It's so easy to feel like nobody cares. It's so easy to feel like that you're, you're never going to be better than you are right now. And I'm telling you that you can I'm telling you that you can. And, and, you know, new year's coming up, we're going to make some resolutions. Uh, do, do your best to make a resolution to, to, to talk to somebody and get some help and you'll be better off for it. Okay. And, and please, please, please do that. Uh, I, I did it and I, I f- didn't like doing it. Let's, let's put it like that. You know, I've, like I said, I was always told, you know, as a boy, you'll get over it. You're not supposed to show emotion. You're not supposed to, to be that way. And, uh, guys, you know, look at the statistics, you know, men struggle with mental health a lot as well. And, uh, the big difference is, is that men tend to struggle with it in a worse way, you know, they, and, uh, just, just don't feel like you're alone, guys. Please, please don't. I really, really want you to uh, to have a great holiday season. Now, uh, this weekend coming up, I do plan on streaming my normal schedule Friday night. I have not talked to Alex about playing Borderlands Friday night, uh, but I will here shortly, and I will definitely let people know on Twitter what we're are, we're planning on doing. And then uh, Sunday morning, I will probably do Batman, some more Batman. I still need to fix figure out the capture card thing on my TV before we go any further with streaming. Uh, but I hopefully I'll get that figured out. And then I'm going, I'm Sunday morning. I will do a stream. And then Sunday night I will do a stream. I will have, I have a bottle of sparkling white wine, California champagne in, uh, the refrigerator right now. And I want to pop that sucker open and we're going to play all the way through midnight, because uh, it's New Year's Day, and of course uh, that's my birthday, so it'll be my birthday stream. So definitely hope uh, if you were, if you have nothing else to do and you're sitting around and you're safe, okay. Let's be honest here. I need you to be safe uh, this time of year with the uh, holiday. You know, New Year's Day tends to be amateur hours, what a lot of people call it, where uh, a lot of people get sloppy, sloppy, sloppy drunk and and do do silly things. So uh, if you are drinking, make sure that you're safe, make sure that, you know, you're home, you're not going to drive anywhere, you're not going to do anything silly, you're just going to stay at home, and if you're you're at home and you need someone to watch, there's nothing going on, you need something to watch, I would love to have your support on my birthday, so if if you're doing nothing, please come by Evil Enigma on Twitch, and, uh, you know, just say hi, you know, hey, how you doing, and I will love to talk to you, okay, so, uh, and please enjoy Christmas. Merry Christmas to you and all and, and, and your family and all your loved ones. And uh, I will have a podcast up a week from today as well. So uh, I will have a birthday podcast up on January 1st. So hope I talk to you guys online. I hope I'll see you soon. And uh, please take care of yourself. Thank you so much.